0: everybody, and welcome to episode 98 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Courtney Contos. Courtney lives in Miami, and she is a virtual chef and health coach. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for
1: having me. Excited to be here.
0: I'm so glad to talk to you today. First of all, I want you to explain to listeners what a virtual chef is, because that sounds so interesting.
1: It's really fun. Let's see. For 15 years, I taught cooking for home cooks. And when I closed my cooking school and decided to really help people virtually, I thought, how is this going to work? Is this going to, you know, what are people going to, how are they going to benefit? And I cannot believe how much people are asking me, can you show me this? Can you show me that? Because they want to visually see it. And thanks to new platforms online, I'm able to be live in my kitchen Sharing with my clients, for instance, how to use a pressure cooker. I use a really specific, high-quality German pressure cooker, and there's lots of benefits to pressure cooking, and they're excited. Let's spend 20 minutes doing that, and then in the meantime, I can share with them other helpful tips about, say, peeling ginger and grating ginger. Ooh, I need a
0: tip about that. (laughs) Really, ginger. Ginger's tricky.
1: Ginger is so fibrous that it's, it's really nice when you use the professional grade microplane grater.
0: I've got a microplane grater that's really high quality. I didn't even think about using that for ginger. I tried to do it with my garlic press, and that was a disaster.
1: Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. So, <laughs> love. here's yeah. he, Microplane makes a couple different kinds. So, they have one called medium ribbon, which I think they, they advertise for cheese. But I use it for ginger and it comes out like a puree. It comes out how you wanted it to come out of the garlic press. It's beautiful. Well, there you go.
0: Well, see that that was worth the price of admission right here. <laughs> Cause I struggle with ginger and I've been, you know, chopping it as hard. So. It's always something you bite if you chop it,
1: you're always gonna bite into it, you know, because it's the fiber holds it together. And sometimes you want, you know, a little matchstick and a stir fry. But I think most often we want it to just dissolve into our food.
0: Well, Microplane is coming out. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I always use it for zesting, but never for, now I have a new tool. Well, I'm very excited. So yeah, that sounds like a really fun thing to do. And you're connecting with people really from all over the world.
1: Absolutely. And I'm finding these days that so many people are given a lifestyle prescription, as we know from their functional medicine doctor or other And it's just great to to be able to work from my kitchen where all of my tools are and to have them there asking questions while I'm sharing recipes and tips. Very, very cool.
0: Fabulous. Well, I like to start the podcast by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Tell us your whole story.
1: Great. So I guess in about 2018, early 2018, I was introduced to intermittent fasting And I, for 12 years, had rheumatoid arthritis, which for me was very debilitating, multiple surgeries, and I was sick for a long time. I did not know what it was like to even feel good anymore. And years of awful times with not being able to walk, both my wrists auto-fused. Recently, I had my foot completely rebuilt with seven fusions all related to this autoimmune condition, which now I look at that as really my body was out of balance for a lot of reasons. And so in April 2019, I started a new journey. And that included intermittent fasting, where I would skip breakfast and really try to have about 16 to 18 hours in between meals. And there's a lot of things that I did that I had tried before in all of these years with rheumatoid arthritis. I had tried bee sting therapy. I tried, of course, acupuncture, green juicing, gratitude journal, <laughs> gluten-free this, food sensitivities, colonics, you name it. And in the end, some of those were great, but they're just, I had no framework. So finally, in I had my functional medicine doctor and I was doing intermittent fasting, and my symptoms started to go away. We did some really beautiful functional medicine lab testing, which I do with all my clients, which helps also figure out what's going on in the gut, what's going on nutritionally, because here I was a chef for all these years, and I thought, oh, I know how to nourish myself. I know how to... Steam vegetables, make juices, all that stuff. I considered myself very healthy. But come to find out, I had a lot of nutrient deficiencies. And some of that's due to eating the same food over and over. We get into habits where we tend to eat, you know, that we have our shopping list, our usual list. And there's so much more food out there that, so now I look at food completely different. We can talk about that. But so I had. You know, dysbiosis. I had all the markers for autoimmune dysbiosis, the Provitella markers, which I know. I believe it's in Switzerland that they actually test for.
0: Tell us a little bit about more about that. I'm not familiar with Provitella. You called it? Yeah,
1: it's Provitella, and it's a bacteria in the gut. My my doctor, if she was here, she could really break this down for us. But I know that it's a marker in the gut. It's a bacteria that you do not want to have high. And I know in Switzerland, they're testing people way ahead of time as a preventative for this
0: marker. And is it linked to like autoimmune diseases as a Correct. whole? Correct. Okay.
1: As a whole, I don't want to say that. I know rheumatoid arthritis for sure but I don't know about as a whole. So, you know, other symptoms I had chronic stress, I had a poor sleep environment and sleeping next to an EMF router, I was mouth breathing, surrounded by toxins. So, I had plenty of work to do to get my body back into balance and I was drinking, you know, wine, which now I'm, you know, I've learned so much about wine and and its toxicity
0: levels. So, do you still drink wine at all anymore or no wine at all?
1: So, I took a year and a half off wine and now I will drink a biodynamic, low sugar organic wine. I find it's the sugar wine. Would that be
0: dry farm wines?
1: Sure, dry farm wines. (laughs) Absolutely love. And, you know, I still only stick to like two glasses because I'm not used to, I don't have a lot of sugar in my diet. My fruits tend, you know, so I find that, you know, if you want to talk about having a a spirit, I would have a little tequila or some mezcal on a small with ice and fresh lime, no sugar. But, you know, back then in April, there was so much evidence on the table of, yes, we can see why your body is not happy. And there was just a lack of nutrition. There was fungus, all that stress, not moving my bowels, you know, not something anyone likes to talk about, but you think that maybe that's normal, but it's not normal. It's a sign of poor health. So I started intermittent fasting and the body started to heal.
0: That's fabulous. So you did a lot of a lot of things at once and you were really digging in. Let's go back and talk about functional medicine because you've you've mentioned that several times. Talk to our audience about what functional medicine is and how that's different from the more common approach.
1: Mm-hmm. So functional medicine was new to me in April 2018. I had a best friend from childhood who saw that I was suffering maybe from something on Facebook and then she said, I think I can help you and her name is Dr. Caroline Shear, she owns Wildwood Functional Medicine and I had never heard of functional medicine. She's also an MD and she started to explain it to me that it's really about really about getting to know the whole story for one and taking a deep dive into that story of who you are, how you've got here because people that are like myself, 12 years of rheumatoid arthritis, when I first got diagnosed, it didn't just happen all of a sudden. I didn't just walk outside and catch rheumatoid arthritis. It had been my own fault of things I had done, toxins I've been exposed to. You know, it's, I took ownership of that.
0: Yeah, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't all of a sudden have it. it. It gradually occurs, right?
1: Right. And I don't think when you get diagnosed with something like an autoimmune condition that you feel that way right off the bat. And so I want to help people realize to take responsibility that this isn't this sad, sad moment when you get this diagnosis. You've probably done things in your life to get here. So now functional medicine is an individualized, really patient-centered approach to healthcare. And it looks beyond the symptoms. So for a long time, I would go to an office and they were trying to put Band-Aids on my symptoms at the rheumatologist's office. And I would go there and I would pretty much cry in every visit and 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 say, you know, did you find an answer? Is there any hope? You know, there was no hope in those offices. I was looking for hope in the wrong
0: places. They just had prescriptions for you. Oh, you've got this symptom. Here's a prescription. Oh, now you have another symptom. Here's another prescription.
1: Exactly, love. That's exactly how it was. And I wasn't a fan of drugs. I was always kind of that weird kid doing all the funny protests back when I was a teenager and, you know, all the different health stuff, wheatgrass, I wasn't that kind of a person. So when Dr. Shear introduced me to functional medicine, I I thought, hmm, this lets absolutely she had so much confidence. She actually said this is, this is going to be cakewalk. And she would share with me some success stories of her colleagues and treating people with rheumatoid arthritis and getting rid of so I all of a sudden, I had hope, which I hadn't had in a really long time and functional medicine. Has really, it just empowers you because she didn't do, you know, she doesn't do the work, right? A lot of this is lifestyle prescription. So, aside from taking deep dives into what I've already mentioned, is these functional lab tests where they look at you get a 12 page nutritional report on you as a unique individual. And then you do a GI test. She said, Has anyone done a stool test for you? I said, No, I can't imagine. Why they would, well, now I understand completely, but no, right. no, nobody had ever done that.
0: Well, they're like, well, no, your problem is your joints, not your gut. But really, <laughs> really, we understand that the root of it is there in your gut.
1: Exactly. Yes. I would say that the gut plays a huge role, and so does, which I know you're a fan of too, but the mindset, the where we are at, and I needed to stop being a victim and take ownership and realize that there were changes that I needed to make to better my health. And some of them were really, really new changes to me, like intermittent fasting. And there's a whole list of things that I ended up doing, but it's not a whole list of supplements. Certainly there was some, but it was a whole list of daily decisions.
0: So you started the intermittent fasting in April of 2018. Yes. And you, you started with a 16-8, 18-6-ish eight, kind of protocol at that time.
1: I did, yes.
0: And that's what you still do to this day?
1: Yes. I'd say right now I'm about six days a week doing that. Okay. hmm And I think what was most shocking and interesting, one, I lost 38 pounds. And I would say that is is related to giving my body – that time to do the work that it needs to do inside to do the healing, right? It wasn't, so I wasn't starving myself that, you know, you you and I both know that's not what was happening. Healing was happening and I was not hungry. I was always surprised, you know, now here it's 12 o'clock in Miami. I haven't eaten yet. I'm not starving. I'm going to have a nice big meal, you know, around one. And, you know, it was easy to do because, and I think cooking, I'm a chef, so it's funny to say this, but it does take a lot of time, takes up a lot of time. So now I had time to create a solid morning routine, which, you know, I could do all kinds of things.
0: It really does free up a lot of time, doesn't it? Time to devote to other stuff instead of thinking about food.
1: Exactly. And it was great because I started to read about it and I realized that there was so much healing that happens starting when we're going to sleep and then just giving the body that time all morning and up until that first meal.
0: Absolutely. So what if someone was trying to find a functional medicine practitioner? What are some suggestions you'd give them? Because I I know that people can be frustrated trying to find a doctor who can work with them in this way.
1: True. So there's a couple ways, you know, I would always recommend my doctor because when someone saves your life, it's hard not to recommend them, but she can only take so many people. Right. So aside from Dr. Caroline Shear, I would suggest, and I'm going to suggest this, but I'm also going to say, once you go through this process to be really open to talking and and almost interviewing them. You know, I think this person, this functional medicine doctor is going to be with you on a long journey. These health journeys are beautiful, they're emotional, they can last a year, you want to be with someone that's gonna that you connect with. So you can head to the IFM, the International Functional Medicine website, and they have an opportunity there for you to search in your area using your zip code. And you'll probably find, depending on where you are, maybe anywhere from three to who knows, maybe 30 doctors and I would start that process of if you're looking for help in a specific chronic disease state, you know, ask them how they've worked on that, what are their results because I'll be honest, there's probably some out there that might not be familiar with what you're going through. You know, some of them do have specialties. So, kind of interview them and really really make sure you connect because you spend 2 to 3 visits a month with this beautiful soul helping you. And it's important that you like them. And I even fired a rheumatologist back when because I said, I just don't feel like our relationship is good at all. So I think we do tend to you get a doctor and you're like, this is my doctor, even if you don't like them. But we really need to rethink that and love our doctors.
0: I agree completely. You want to have someone who is your partner, And helping you figure this out and navigate it instead of just sees you as you're like somebody on the list, here's somebody else on the list, here's, you know, and it it can be hard these days with the way the healthcare system is set up. So thank you for that website suggestion. I think that, you know, a lot of people come to intermittent fasting because they are looking for a more natural way to heal their bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot of magic that happens from fasting in between those, those meals it is magic, you know I mean you know so much about this, but it it's normal for us you know we're not used to we're not supposed to be constantly our our stomachs and all of that isn't it a muscle right And so we need to give that muscle some rest time. it shouldn't always be going and food is food is not energy. Food is information.
0: Oh, I love that. explain what you mean by that. I love it yes. We're so trained to think of food as only energy. So I love that we're going to talk about this because you know we all hear about calories in, calories out, and we've we've thought about food like here is food that has a hundred calories in it. That's all we think about. So explain to listeners how food is information and more than just energy.
1: Food. I know we used to always think that it's energy. Oh, I don't have low energy. Well, you should eat something. That is not true. Food is information. 100 percent and when you have the opportunity to do one of these functional nutritional panels that's very long and detailed about you it takes the guessing out it takes well what kind of fats does my body need are we all supposed to take fish oil absolutely not some of us need it some of us don't but it's a guessing game so i start always with these functional nutrition panels. And then you can see which nutrients are missing. What do you low on? How are you processing things in in your Krebs cycle? What is your body hungry for? So that's a great place to start. And then when you go to the grocery store, now you have this new information of, well, maybe I'm gonna eat a little bit more of this and less of that and this kind of oil and less of that kind of oil. So you have really solid evidence about you, not just a, a super general, but literally about you. And you can go to the grocery store and look at all the produce. And it's good to do a food sensitivity test because it's always interesting what you find out and, and give it a break for a couple months. I know I was allergic to canola oil, rhubarb, grapes, you know,
0: things that I wouldn't have guessed. So do you have a specific food sensitivity test that you recommend?
1: I do. And it's the Eliza L-R-A test. Eliza, all cat, I think is
0: the. Okay. And can you ask any, any doctor to do it? How did, how does someone go about getting that test done?
1: People can reach out to me. I, when I work with my clients, they get access to these tests on their own to purchase them. I have Resources to share so that they don't have to necessarily go to the doctor right away. They can gather all this information and then take this information and figure out who their doctor's going to be with having done their own research. I mean, that's one way. There's there's lots of ways, but you can get these tests on your own. You don't, that's another weird thing that now hopefully is shifting. Recently, my husband was trying to get a vitamin D test and they said, well, you don't have any symptoms. We're not going to give you the test. So a lot of this is going to, we're going to get healthy by, out of pocket, right? You can go to these lab places and ask for some standard lab testing on your own without a doctor. However, I do really like this food sensitivity test. But back to being at the grocery store and standing there and looking at produce, I'd almost say throw away your list and look at all the variety and say what have I not had lately? And you start to look around thinking in this new way and you see celery root and you see kohlrabi or broccoli rob. Oh, I haven't had, so, so buy those because all of that is new information to your body. And keep rotating and keep looking at that food like that. And same thing with your oils. Avocado oil is great, but let's not have it be the only type of oil in the kitchen. And you wanna rotate this. We're not meant to just eat the same foods over and over I love that. We
0: do tend to fall into that rut, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. And head to the frozen section because sometimes there's vegetables there that uh, might not be in the case. And the example I'll give is I recently bought some okra and I I saw that in the freezer section when I was getting berries. I said, I haven't had okra in a long time. I'm going to buy okra. And I had a lot of fun playing with it. So it sparks your creativity and. It sends you on a new mission in the in the kitchen to, to think differently. And now your body is going to have a variety, a varied and diverse diet. And you'll be less likely to fall into these nutritional deficiencies, which is one of the main causes of disease.
0: Right. So you eat a wide variety of foods. Do you describe yourself as any sort of plan or you just eat everything?
1: So I found out that I was gluten sensitive. So I wouldn't say that gluten is absolutely the enemy because I do think if you have a true sourdough that's 100% organic, there are certain people that can benefit from that. I was not one of them, so that's fine. I don't eat gluten and I really try to just eat a variety of different meats and vegetables and I pressure cook lentils and we eat a variety. But it's really pretty clean and I'm a huge fan, you know, I moved to Miami, maybe, you know, now almost a year. And I came from Vermont. So grocery shopping has really changed for me. Oh, in I bet. <laughs> We had, such, we it was just <laughs> like, Oh, my gosh, okay, there's green plantains everywhere and citrus. But where's the, where's my beautiful farm raised chickens? And where are those eggs I would buy at the farmer's market? So that's not here. And As a chef, I I trained in a restaurant in Chicago a long, long time ago called Charlie Trotter's. And it was where I was first introduced to some of the most high quality ingredients I'd ever, ever seen or tasted. And I became really interested my whole career now in high quality food. So that's just me. I'm a, I'm not afraid to say I'm a food snob. So I have now my, we don't mind that at all. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Thanks love. You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, because
0: I think intermittent fasting turns us all into a certain level of food snob because when you have an eating window, you're not just going to shove anything in there. So even those of us like me, I came from, I'm going to admit it, I came from a very fast food, junk food kind of background. I'm looking, thinking back to childhood. You know, that's what my mother fed me. She gave me Chef Boyardee. She gave me TV dinners. This is before microwaves. How old are you, Courtney?
1: I am 45, and I okay. absolutely had TV dinners. Oh, yeah. yeah. And these were the
0: kind. To people who are younger, have no idea what we're talking about. Before microwaves, these, these dinners had... Tin foil on them, and you would peel back the tin foil, and you would put them in the oven for forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> People can't imagine, like, all right, I'm going to have a quick meal in forty five minutes. It's going to be ready, you know. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! Oh, you bring back so many memories because I used to have that Stouffer's lasagna. You know, you and lean. You know, I oh, I remember all that
0: stuff. And now they're all microwavable, but you really you had to cook them for a long time, and so. You know, I was eating junk, but now I'm a food snob too. And I don't say that in a way like, hey, we're better than everybody else. It's not that at all. It's just that we realize how much better we feel and we're not going to waste our window on something that's not window worthy.
1: Exactly. And you know what, love, what we've done and what you've done and what I've done. And I think to help people feeling we're not better than anyone, all we've done is crack our own code we've figured out what makes us feel good. It doesn't mean that it's bad for you or someone else, you know, don't want to, you know, when I go to a family gathering, I, I try to, you know, okay, I'm not going to have that, but it's not that it's bad. It's just, this is my code and this is what works for me. So I try right. to like,
0: we're all constantly, and even we are changing, you know, I'm, I'm 50, so I'm, I'm a few years ahead of you there, but I am going through menopause and wine is not working very well for me right now. And also, I've realized sugar does not work for me. The other night, I had a glass of wine, and then I had something sugary, and then I couldn't sleep.
1: I know that feeling. Oh, my gosh. I went about a year and a half without wine. I had a half a glass, and I was feeling like I had two bottles. I thought, what is going on? And we've adapted. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, perhaps, you know, there is a vodka that's made from grapes. From France, that's quite I've lovely. Had,
0: I, what's it called? It starts with a C. Ciroc.
1: There's Ciroc, but there's one other one. It's in the other room. But there's one other one. It has like etched grapes on the front okay, of it. I
0: think I've seen it
1: from France, and a little bit of that with some, you know, San grino and lemon, or you know, even a splash of cranberry, like true cranberry juice. Not the fake kind,
0: but the real. So, well, that's something to think about because, you know, I talked about this in my book, Delay, Don't Deny. I was having, you know, a one perfect glass of Prosecco with dinner pretty much every night. And now I'm missing that. <laughs> but I'm having to be responsive to the body that I have right now. You know, I'm not saying alcohol is evil. No one should have wine. Or I'm also not, I'm trying not to feel deprived, I guess is a good way of putting it, just like you with gluten. You know, you could like spend a lot of time with that negative mindset of woe is me, but instead you're like, all right, this is what I have to do because I feel better.
1: Mm -hmm. That's what happens is we start to feel a little better and a little better. And then I know for myself, I don't want to go back to where I used to be, you know, overweight, wondering if today's going to be a good day or a bad day, feeling like crap was my norm.
0: So talk about that healing process that started in April of 2018. How long did it take to turn around? How did the process look? Take us through that whole journey.
1: Sure. So I would say within six, possibly even three months, I started to feel better. And I don't I don't necessarily recommend this. But what I did was I instantly went off all of my medications just because I, I had done that before. And I wasn't, I just wasn't afraid. So I instantly And you was were working
0: done. with a practitioner. You were working with your functional medicine doctor exactly. too. So you weren't just like in the wilderness doing this on your own.
1: Right. <laughs> I had support. I had support. Right. And so the first thing we did was we really followed a framework of nourishing, balancing my body. And we took a deep dive into some things that, you know, like I said, I thought I was pretty healthy person. But wow, we took a deep dive and we started with water. And I could spend a long time talking about water. But for
0: we'll talk about water a little bit, because I think that's interesting. Tell us tell us what you know about that.
1: Well, I was drinking tap water in Vermont in in my cooking school and at home and come to find out that that water had And still does and people drink it every day a ton of chemicals six of them potential risks for cancer and this is one of the first things that I I help my clients with now because I think everyone goes to food but we need to just take take a step back and really look at water so water also I feel like is information and a lot of us are dehydrated so what I did is right away I started drinking reverse osmosis water that I remineralized and that I structured And what I mean by that is I use, you can, you can go to Whole Foods and fill up these big gallons, or you can just get rid of that stress and buy an under counter kitchen unit for, you know, under $200 and have the water. And then I remineralize it with sea salts, very specific, high quality sea salt. What kind
0: do you recommend?
1: This was a brand that my doctor turned me onto and it's on my website under articles. And I want to say it's Baja or it's under market. It's on Baja sea salts. It's from Mexico. Yeah. Baja Gold. B-A-J-A-G-O-L-D.
0: Really strong mineral profile. Okay, because I'm using Redmond's right now, Redmond's sea salt. Sure, and,
1: and they're they're divine. And and actually, just like with food, switch it up. Okay, good tip. Yeah, switch it up. So Redmond is great also. And so first thing in the morning, I have a glass of that clean water where I add a generous pinch of salt because do you know what else the salt does for us?
0: Well, tell me.
1: <laughs> it gives it gives us a charge. We need okay, we're, yeah. we're we're living We are on energy. This, we, we are, are energy. energy. Yes. Yeah, so now if you had a light bulb connected to a cord without a plug, just just wires and you put it that wire in the glass of water without the salt, there'd be no light. And when you add the salt, the light bulb goes on.
0: Well, that's a great visualization right there because, you know, I was an elementary teacher and I taught, I actually was a science lab teacher for a few years and we did experiments like that. So I totally get it.
1: Oh, that's so cool. So I'll have the water, I add the salt and then I spin it. So this is how I structure it. There are a lot of ways to structure water. And why I structure it is I'm also trying to give it energy and it's more, my body will recognize it and I'll get better hydration from the structured water. So I spin it one direction, I let it rest and I spin it the other way. That's every day right off the bat. The first thing I do is have that water. And I also got shower heads. I, uh, You can get a whole house system, but if you're afraid to drink this water, which I give the example of if someone... You know, if here you want a glass of water, it only has twenty-one chemicals in it. People would never touch that right. water. But yet we've become to trust these basic sources. And half of these chemicals that are really dangerous are they're actually using to clean the water at the treatment plants because we're adding all this stuff to water all the time. People are using toxic chemicals and the pharmaceuticals and so, anyways, I could, I like I said, I don't want to. Spend well, you're too much really time
0: making on. me think because I've just been drinking tap water, so I'm like, okay, maybe I need to take a better approach to my water. What about like a San Pellegrino or a bottled mineral water?
1: That's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with a San Pellegrino. So now that I I knew that my drinking water was bad, it was time to also change the water that I was bathing in and get it to be a little bit cleaner because. You're in a shower, there's steam, and now I'm inhaling these chemicals and they're also absorbing through my skin. So I one of the things we did right away was clean that up. What I was drinking and how I was bathing, There's sh- very simple shower heads, which a husband or a handy friend can install in about 10 minutes.
0: You just put on a new shower head and it filters it for you.
1: And actually, I think you use the same shower head. It's literally just a component that goes between your shower head and the wall really easy and you change it out every eight months. It's a great gift, a great investment. So we fixed the water. We looked at how I was eating. I was eating perhaps too much raw food, like too many big salads. My body needed to be nourished. I needed cooked food. I needed warm vegetables that were cooked. It takes more energy to break down and we absorb the nutrients differently with just eating raw.
0: You're right. That's an excellent point because our bodies really do have to do a lot of work to break down the raw food. And we, you know, we quote, waste a lot of energy in the process. But interestingly, I don't really want to eat a lot of raw vegetables. I prefer mine cooked. So it's it's interesting to hear you say that you needed to switch to the cooked food.
1: Yeah, that it felt really good for me, too. It was emotionally also nourishing, like, oh, this it it feels more old school, symbolic, just something lovely about it, grandmothery, maybe and so I was doing the intermittent fasting. Then I had done, I'm a big fan of this, I had done a burn ceremony where I wrote my diagnosis on paper and my husband did it with me. He had, you know, whatever labels people have put on you in your life from childhood, write it on a piece of paper, go out under the stars make a fire. And even if you're in a city, you can buy a turkey roasting disposable pan and burn some leaves, you'll find a way to make this happen. But you want to do this in ceremony and with intention and with a new purpose to burn those diagnoses and labels and set yourself free. So I, I'm very emotional about that. I think that was the big part of setting my mind free and being and moving forward.
0: I think that's very important. You, you mentioned earlier the way I feel about mindset, and I'm 100%. You know, if we have these things in our brains that we keep telling ourselves, well, I'm never going to lose the weight. Well, I'm never going to get healthy. Well, this is my label. You know, those those programs keep going in our brains, and instead we need to change them. So I love the idea of the of the burn ceremony.
1: Oh, good. And people could read the work of Bruce Lippman, You know, he's love fantastic. Him. Love him. So yeah. <laughs> if you need extra support in- The Biology
0: uh, of Belief. The Biology um, of Belief, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Fabulous book. And it's it's a lot to get through, to read it, take it in small pieces and really digest them and think about it. But he's a guy who was 100% just science-based and really learned- over time, you know, as, as someone who taught at a medical school and was just 100%, you know, he had no woo-woo about him at all, you know. And then he he realized, oh. <laughs> so those are my favorite types of people, the hard scientists who realize, huh, there's more going on than just the hard science. We're not just only a physical being.
1: Oh, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face. I really enjoy that, too. It's, it's so beautiful. And we all know this, but what we think about, we attract. And so, I, I had hope, and I had belief. And thanks to my doctor, and thanks to a famous chef that I'm friends with, Seamus Mullen, who also encouraged me along the way. So, I, I had hope, and that's what I like to give to my clients because I think without that, there are dark times, and there's what I call the sucky days, and you need you need that hope to get through. So. And then I also focused on my sleep environment, sleeping in a completely blacked out room with no noise, no hum, no ceiling fan. And sometimes you just need to pull out the duct tape to cover up a little light or close
0: the curtain right, but sleep in a really dark room. That's cool. You sound like my husband. I have a, we had something in the bathroom that had a light on it, and he could see it from his side of the bed, and he got some tape and covered it up. Like, for oh, real.
1: God. <laughs>
0: what a cutie. So, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> or you could call them high maintenance, but let's say cutie. Cutie sounds better. <laughs> oh, gosh. Love it. But you're right. And I, I actually think we do need to work on making our bedroom even darker because we have balloon shades, which are like fabric that were you know really hard to pull up and down. But I think I need to get like some old-fashioned roller blinds just so I can make it a little darker in there.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know, but I – I was just so new to everything. I didn't know that blackout curtains could be like white. I don't know why the whole time I thought it was going to be this like ugly black thing.
0: It's how they're lined.
1: It's how they're lined. So I actually ordered mine online. On you know, it was really easy. So Then I think a big piece to healing is to get out in nature and take your shoes off sometimes, sit on the grass, lean against the tree, really get that charge from the
0: earth. Grounding.
1: Yep, absolutely. Grounding. And I do like to to sometimes even use a meter to make sure that where I'm grounding is a safe environment because just saying to ground is kind of light. You just want to be careful. You're not grounding in a place where there's a neck, you know, a bad electrical charge.
0: Oh, good point. But you know, we crave that. That you know, it's it's spring. We're recording this in the spring, even though it won't be released until June. But we've had some warm days over the past week, and you know, I'm in Georgia, and we've had a, a cold and rainy winter. But for the past few days, I've been outside barefooted as much as I possibly could. It just feels so right.
1: Yeah, that's all oh, that makes me so happy. Because there's, there's plenty of research, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it. But if anyone is curious, we are not making this up. There it's is true. There is healing that happens when your feet, or you're sitting or you're leaning and touching a tree. There is Amazing healing benefits, and the research is all there. So please, it's true. everyone, go and, read you know, about it's it. That's why
0: we feel so good at the beach, walking in the right. sand.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We yeah, all know exactly. we love
0: it there, and we're not sure why. It's not just because you're on vacation. It's actually doing something physically.
1: Absolutely, it really is. Especially the ocean, especially that wet sand. So. So let's see. I also worked on my light program. So we no longer have LED lights on at nighttime. And if we are looking at a screen, I wear blue blocking glasses. And I found a really neat book light that is a red light. So it's a book light, but the light is red. You can read fine. It has three options for dimming and whatever. And it's fantastic. So I can still read in bed. I don't have to wear the blue blocking glasses as much. And it's a little book light that clips on your book. But at nighttime, we're really cautious. If we're watching TV or a movie, our glasses are on. My husband's really strict about it too. It's just, it's, oh, it's, it's dark out at least two hours before bed. So we've changed so you've our you noticed light. that makes
0: a huge difference for y'all. Is it sleep or just overall?
1: Well, the way I like to think of it is it's, this is a, soup of a a ton of tiny little stressors on our body. Some of them will be invisible, just like food sensitivity tests. Over time, you're like, you might be eating something you're sensitive to, but it's not sending you to the ER, but it is a stressor on the body. And so in this modern age with toxins, with poor light, with not breathing properly, with lack of sunshine, with toxic water, the list is long. These are just tiny little ingredients in this big pot of stress soup. And so I'm just trying to get a healthy soup going and not have these stressors hitting me. And absolutely, again, tons of research out there that blue light is a stressor on the body. And it, it does relate to sleep and certainly people, obesity and there's lots of things I don't even want to get into, but it's, there are negative, negative effects to it. So, and I love getting out in the morning sunshine. So if you can with no sunglasses, in the early, early hours get a little sun in your eye or a little sun on your, your skin, that's also a way to get a charge.
0: Yeah, it's we're we're designed to do it. We're designed to have that that morning sun, and it sends a signal to our circadian rhythm. For example, you know, we're meant to we're meant to have those cues from nature, and by keeping ourselves locked up inside, we we miss those.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, our bodies our body wants to heal, and it just needs a little push from us. And then I feel like because we're complicated imagine what it's taking for us to function right now it's it's very very complex nothing that any of us can wrap our heads around but all these little stressors are not helping us and once we remove these stressors and we start to get back into a healthy rhythm the body starts to take over and it says thank you let me help you i'm going to i'm going to heal this and that's what happened to me i just watched my markers go down and down and down inflammation markers like hs crp and then the rheumatoid factor i was told for 12 years that i'll be in a wheelchair if i don't take their medicine and that nothing is going to change and that we don't even need to test these markers cuz they'll never change and that was just simply not true and i you know right now i just I had to find love and forgiveness with those doctors because it's all they know. So that's fine. That's all they so know. So how have your
0: inflammation markers changed? You know, they said they would never change. Are, are you in normal ranges? Oh no yeah. No more pain?
1: Normal ranges. I have, yeah, I'm totally normal ranges. I have permanent, I guess, disabilities in my wrist and in my ankle because of the 12 years of damage, which is what happens in rheumatoid arthritis, but I don't have any new symptoms.
0: That's huge. I mean, that, that really is huge. Have you gone back to any of those doctors and said, look, I want, just want to show you? Because that's what I would probably want to do. I don't know if I would do it, but I'd be like, I would like to show you my markers that you said would never be better. Let's look at them. This podcast is supported by FedEx.
2: or text Wondery Pod to five hundred five hundred.
1: I haven't. I spend so much time, pretty emotional, saying there has to be a way, and and I think even if I show them, they're just. I haven't ruled it out completely. I haven't ruled it out completely. Maybe one day I'll do a letter with the before and after numbers and lay it out for them. But I've kind just to of Just show
0: them that there's a way.
1: Right, right. No, it's a good idea. I certainly have access to them. I know I, I was they were on speed dial for many years, so it's a journey and I encourage people to find the right doctor and do it because you don't need to stay in this place, but it takes dedication. I was very compliant and I think that came easy to me on this time around because I didn't want, to have something to blame it back to. I didn't want to say, oh, you know what? It was that time I went on vacation and why didn't I get well? Because I know I would have that question if I didn't. And I would start looking back. Did I cheat? Did I do this? So I was 100% compliant and really dedicated. And I think having
0: hope was a big part of that. I think so too. And belief that you can heal.
1: Absolutely. And I would want watch- Even though you
0: have, you have the permanent disabilities, they're not getting worse and you've healed from the underlying information.
1: And I feel like these disabilities now in the, in the wrists are really just a reminder for me now having intentionally closed a cooking school and kitchen store to get out and help people as a functional medicine health coach and chef. It is a reminder that I don't want anyone to get to the point where I was at. If you're newly diagnosed with a chronic condition or an autoimmune condition, tackle it early, you know, and that way you don't have to have surgeries. You don't have to let it get that bad.
0: So as a chef, a virtual chef, I just would still love the idea of that. Tell us what would be the absolute kitchen essentials that you think we should just really all have? Because I've already loved that tip about the microplane and the ginger. I think you've changed my life, but (laughs) what are the absolute kitchen essentials and why?
1: Okay, sure. I love this so much. My number one would be that medium ribbon microplane grater, and that's for ginger. And I also use that grater for jalapenos. Just take a whole jalapeno, whole, not cut, and just start grating it. Put it in your soups, put it in your rice, your cauliflower rice, your guacamole. And it is just so fun, seeds and all, because it's anyways jalapenos don't have a lot of they're not often that spicy anymore and then i like to use so there's something called a bench scraper and i believe i did a post on my in my blog about the top 10 kitchen tools if anyone really really needs to you know back and reference these exact items but there's something called a bench scraper i like a wooden handled one which is metal otherwise and normally they would use this in pastry but if I'm chopping a whole bunch of onions, green pepper, celery, you don't want to use your knife to pick up those vegetables. Two reasons. Mainly because you want to keep your knife sharp. And anytime you scrape it on what should be a wood cutting board, you dull the edge of your knife. And it doesn't hold that much and it's also not safe. So you use oh, this. Oh see, I
0: totally scoop with my knife. So again. <laughs> you're... So
1: we're gonna I'll get you this, We're gonna get okay. you this link. And so you want to use the bench scraper. You're going to have so much more fun. And if you, my setup is a nice big wood cutting board. Wood is sanitary. Wood is porous. Wood keeps your knife sharper, longer. And you want a big cutting board because often I see people with little tiny cutting boards and this beautiful eight-inch Chef's knife. And there's not even the space for them to do the proper rocking motion.
0: Yeah, I just got a new cutting board and I'm really excited. One of those John Boos oh, cutting good. boards. So. Those yeah.
1: will last forever. I have. I literally use every day the cutting board that I got from Culinary School graduation, and I think we're at twenty six years now. So they will last forever if you take care of them. Oil the sides, oil the edges, everything.
0: I have their their special oil. Do you do you use their oil? The I don't use oil? Their,
1: but theirs, but it's great. That's a great oil. I just use a food grade mineral oil right now, but theirs is fantastic. And then I do have a garlic press that's designed in Germany. And you don't have to peel the garlic. So I do I love garlic and I can just put the whole clove in. I press it and it's done. And then I can open the whole thing. You don't have to scrape inside. The whole thing comes open. So I can quickly remove the peel, get rid of it, and do another garlic clove. That's up there as one of my top tools. And that company is called Rosla, R-O-S-L-E. They guarantee their tools for life. So I'm a big fan of their tools, because I don't like people buying cheap tools that are going to end up in the the waste piles, and then you have to buy it again. You might as well just spend the $50 or $60 and buy the right tool. And the other thing that I'm a huge fan of is the Japanese mandolin, which I know some people are afraid of, but don't worry, you don't have to grate all the way down to the edge of your carrot or zucchini or sweet potato. And those are really nice for julienning and Slicing. So I do like the Japanese mandolin. And there are some specific things that I'm really passionate about. I do eat a lot of soups and bone broth. So there's a ladle. I know this you're gonna be like ladle. Come on, girl, this is like precious (laughs) time. What are you talking about a ladle for? But again, it's that same German company, and they have a ladle that is angled perfectly. And the edge of it where it goes on your index finger, which is normally where how we hold a ladle, it doesn't dig in to your hand, it's slightly curved, and it's thicker, and it just feels so beautiful. And then the actual ladle part at the bottom has a rim on it. So it's a no drip, you know, so it pours. Yeah. Really, well, no, I nice mean, look,
0: I'm like sitting here going, Yeah, I didn't even know that was a problem that I needed to solve. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have all three sizes of those
1: ladles, I, I do adore them. And then a really good peeler. So the peeler I use is really high quality meant to last. And I taught a soup class about 15 years ago in someone's home, a private class. And we got to the carrots and she said, Oh, I hate peeling carrots. And I looked at her peeler. I said, so would I, if I had this peeler. So we upgraded her. She had one of those rusty, which are pretty like they're now they're I feel like they're artifacts in the kitchen, but one of those rusty grandmother kind of peelers from back in the day. And I think they're beautiful to look at. Like I literally would hang that on the wall. But don't use it because that's not going to be fun. And kid, cooking should be fun, and it shouldn't. A task like peeling carrots shouldn't create stress. And so we got we got her the new peeler, and I, I was shocked myself at how happy she was. So it was that moment when I realized good tools really make a difference.
0: Well, I'm a hundred percent on that because it's true. The right knobs, the right cutting board, the right pots and pans, all of that can make the whole experience. Yeah, we changed out our oven in my old house. I realized I was cooking a lot, but my oven was terrible. And so we went to gas and it just changed my life. Just, I was like, oh, it wasn't that I was a terrible cook. It was I had a terrible oven.
1: (laughs) Congratulations. See, that's exciting. That's really fun.
0: It really, it just makes the difference. So if you think you're a bad cook, people, it might be just your tools.
1: <laughs> it might be your tools. And please don't, don't mention a kale peel or a kale the stemmer and all these silly, what I call gizmos out there. You don't need to clutter your drawers with all that stuff. Just get the top 10 and you're really good to go. I think we end up loading up our drawers with this, with all I agree. kinds of stuff. So.
0: The basics, but good quality. Instead of buying a million things, get the ones that are going to matter and get good ones. So tell people where to find your your blog post and your website and everything. Tell them how to find you.
1: Sure, love. So it's Courtney Contos is my name. And then the website is ccontos.com. And that's c-c-o-n-t-o-s.com. And on there, there's a way for people to you know, right away fill out a short questionnaire and hop on a call with me so I can answer questions and hear about your struggles and work with you. And then there's the articles area where you'll find more about functional medicine and you'll see some of those tools that we discussed today. And then I also have a market where I share some of my favorite things like non-toxic lipstick and the must-have pressure cooker and things like that. And I think the book light is there, too.
0: Awesome. I'd like to end by asking, you know, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you had first started?
1: I would say one, trust the process that sometimes results don't just happen, you know, overnight or even in a week, but just trust the process and to stick with it. And the results are going to be amazing. Yeah.
0: And also, I think that from your journey, we can see intermittent fasting might just be one piece of the puzzle. And, you know, if you had only just in, done intermittent fasting and nothing else, you may not have had the, the amazing you know, healing that you've had. It was multifaceted.
1: It was, but I was really, uh, I was really sick. So I had, you know, the doctors would always tell me, you know, you have really, really high levels. So I needed perhaps a bigger deep dive, I don't know that everybody does. But with this specific case of rheumatoid arthritis, it was just very aggressive, which is why i you know, I'm, I'm in the past I had never gotten well just doing one or two little things. So I did need a, a bigger approach. And looking back, what really did the most work? We'll never know. But can I say intermittent fasting and my mindset and belief and the proper testing and nutrition? Absolutely.
0: Those are top key players. I, I love it. So, you know, someone may find intermittent fasting is the piece of the puzzle that changes everything, but they might need to take that deeper dive as well, and they can connect with Courtney and do that. So, Courtney, thank you so much for being here with us today. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm going to go check out some of those kitchen tools like for real. (laughs) I need them.
1: I always say, Jen, I am your chef friend and you can always reach out to me. I used to say I'm your chef friend in Vermont, but now I'm your chef friend here in the world. So I love talking food. Anyone can reach out about recipes and cooking anytime, especially you. So let's let's talk food more
0: often. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup.